You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final podcast of the week and also the end of the Pelicans season. They lost last night as one of my cats runs through the room um, in their final game against the Orlando Magic, a game that we are going to recap in the first segment and talk about there was some some decent play from some of the young guys you kind of got to see some run from them in a meaningless game which was at least fun uh so we'll recap that game talk about it a little bit what we saw out of some of the guys and how they played then we're going to get into the battle for the eighth spot because it came down to the final shot like the actual final shot of the nba's bubble the last shot is what decided which team is in the play-in series and which team isn't it was really exciting and they've got to try and find a way to replicate that and then finally we're going to wrap up talking about a report in the athletic of significant roster turnover for new orleans i kind of laughed when i read this this uh yesterday morning and i'll tell you why so let's dive into it all in today's edition of locked on pelicans so before we get into last night's game, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Yes, they are back. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. So mercifully, the Pelican season is over. I think we've all been waiting for this day for about five days now, when the Pelicans were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Now, name me a better pairing. Pelicans fans and wanting the season to be over and not having to watch more basketball. Yeah, we're here again, which is disappointing given the hype that the Pelicans had the start of this season with Zion being drafted. Then the down part of things. Don't forget there was a 13-game losing streak involved in all of this. And then the team really started to turn it around when Zion was back, played some really good basketball and went in with a lot of hype and then just completely imploded and played absolutely horrible. And we'll get into more of this in the third segment, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of turnover, some changes coming, uh, and that shouldn't necessarily surprise anybody. So they played last night to wrap up the season against the Orlando Magic. We mentioned that basically no one for either team is play, was going to play in this one. You also didn't see J.J. Redick. You didn't see Etwan Moore. No Derek Favors. No Lonzo Ball. No Brandon Ingram. No Zion Williamson. No Drew Holiday. The list kind of goes on and on and on. And pretty much the exact same for the Orlando Magic, too. They did not really play anybody uh, that mattered other than... Nikola Vucevic in this one. Vucevic, by the way, 23 points in the night. So the Pelicans started Frank Jackson, Nikhil, uh, Josh Hart, Nikola Melli, and Jackson Hayes. Some of these guys, the guards in particular, had a very, very good performance. Frank Jackson was the leading scorer for the Pelicans in this one. 31 points on the night, 5 assists, 3 of 9 from the field, but 4 of 5 from the line, 12 of 24 from the field overall. Um, sorry, three of nine from deep. And he was aggressive. He had said he wanted to play with more athleticism in his game, and you could see it. Getting by guys and getting to the rim, he showed that he moves very much like an NBA player. 
and he was looking to pass a little bit more than maybe we've seen from him before, show that he can play that point guard role, which there is an opportunity for someone to grab that. If he or Nikhil in the offseason in some capacity show they're ready for that, they will get minutes consistently for the NBA team here in New Orleans. And Frank might have put himself a little bit in the pole position with that, at least with the scoring too, because that's going to be important because you can't play four on five offensively. But Nikhil wasn't bad in this one either. 29 points on the night. He had seven assists in this one, though six, six turnovers, two of six from three, five of five from the line, and 11 of 18 from the field. He has shown that he can get to the rim much better than he did during the regular season and finished there, switching to his left hand instead of trying to stick with his right hand more and maybe it coming a little bit more natural to him. Everyone talks about his lack of shooting and the turnovers, and I've said it before and I'll say it again here. It doesn't bother me with the dude who was the 17th overall pick in this past draft and is a rookie. He is fine. He does a lot of the things you want to see out of him. He's just not getting the results. The outside shot isn't there yet, but, you know, I don't know if it needs to be. I think we can kind of reasonably assume that that will come along. Same thing with just the attacking and the playmaking. Yes, he turns the ball over a lot, but he's not used to playing against NBA guys. Let him make those mistakes, and as he learns what defenders are capable of doing and cuts down on some of the carelessness, I think he's going to be pretty good. He's not the most athletic guy. Frank has much more athleticism than him, but he's got enough where I think he can be an adequate enough defender, like potentially even good, I think, with how he plays. He's a pretty smart dude, it seems like. So nice to see him kind of ball out in this one a little bit. Jackson Hayes, by the way, 13 points on the night, just four rebounds. The rebounding is so disappointing from him. But again, he was supposed to be a project this year and doesn't you know, didn't need to be playing 36 minutes on the night. Uh, sorry, 30, 31 minutes on the night. Like, it just wasn't his time yet for a lot of these guys. I think people want to be like, oh, it was drafted, what, eighth? Um, he should be starting right now already. None of these guys are. And that's okay with rookies when it comes to this. Nicolo Melli, six points on the night. Josh Hart, by the way, shows that, as everyone has been saying on Twitter, that playing hard is a skill. He is just balls to the wall, playing literally his last name, Hart. 7 of 14 from the field, 23 points on the night, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. It was a pointless game. Like, this was meaningless. And he's just going all out all game long. Grabbing boards, running a fast break by himself, doing absolutely everything he could do to kind of be the focal point and just have some, like, fun out there. It looks like he enjoys playing this way. He has been a wonderful addition to New Orleans, both on and off the court, I think. And just to kind of see what he was doing in this game that, like, doesn't matter. You just got to love a dude like that. Defensively, team was bad. There's nothing, no surprise there. Should almost be expected. The magic shot, 53.6%. is like no one even, like, really attempted to contest much. Sticking your arm up and being tall is not actually playing defense and not actually contesting things. Even if it kind of looks like you are, NBA players are going to hit that. They did. Um, not the best thing, but also, like, look who was playing in this one. Should they have been really, you know, playing good defense? Probably not. Uh, Cinderius Thornwell, by the way, nine points on the night. And there you go. That does it for the final game of the Pelicans' regular season. So while the Pelicans have flamed out of the bubble and it wasn't very great for them, the bubble has been absolutely fun. We're going to talk about that coming up here in the next segment. Before that, though, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Yes, they are back. I love these things and I am excited. 
Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The only bar that's better than Built Bar is actually Built Bar because they've redone the formula, rebranded it with a nice new wrapper and even more delicious flavors out there. They're fluffier, they taste better, but they're still just as good for you. New flavors include, by the way, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon to almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. We can keep going on and on and on. All of the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are soft. They're easy to chew. They're not chalky. They're not dry. You don't need to chug down a bottle of water or something after you eat one of them. These are just good for you and taste great. They're great for the health conscious person. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight while having something that tastes pretty good, they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. If you want the peanut butter one, it's got 19 grams of protein and just 180 calories. You can also go with the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. I use them basically they're my lunch meal replacement. So Built Bar is offering you a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Locked on, you also get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off over at BuiltBar.com. So the Pelicans flamed out of Orlando, but you know what? The bubble was really fun. And if you turned on the Brooklyn Nets and Portland uh, Trailblazers game at the very end, instead of watching the Pelicans, which maybe was the move, you saw the play-in 8-9 tournament series, whatever you want to call it, one of the teams going in come down to the final shot. If Portland wins, they're in as the eight spot. Memphis had already secured their spot in the play-in tournament uh, by beating the Milwaukee Bucks earlier in the day. The Phoenix Suns, who went 8-0 and in the bubble, are on the outside looking in. But if the Blazers lose, they're in. They took care of business and beat the Dallas Mavericks, and it came down to Damian Lillard putting up another ridiculous stat line, 41 points on the night. This is after 51 and 61. Dude is nothing if not consistent, I guess. And it came down to Karis LeVert taking a shot as time expired. He missed. Wasn't a good look, but he missed. And the Portland Trailblazers get in, leaving the Suns on the outside looking in, which is kind of sad because we were all hoping for, in some capacity, a Booker-Lillard play-in series. It's not the case. But the NBA got this bubble tournament to go down to the final shot. That's like a Game 7 of the NBA Finals coming down to a game-winning walk-off series-ending thing. Not even, you know, what when Lillard did it in five games to the OKC Thunder last season. This would be like game seven of the NBA Finals. That's basically what this kind of was. And it was so much fun to watch. There was so much drama between the Spurs, the Suns, the Blazers, Booker going off, Lillard like really going off for a couple of games to more or less drag his team into all of this. It's so much fun. And the NBA needs to find a way to recreate some of these stakes during the regular season. If this was the regular season with more games, it doesn't come down like this. 82 games really might be too long and maybe kind of represents in a way a large enough sample size to prevent you from getting a ton of drama on the final day of the regular season like this or final week of the regular season where things just get really nuts. This was that much fun. You get some drama with it. We've seen the Pelicans season kind of come down to the final game a couple of times to beat the Spurs to get in, right? And they do, but that's not like a week long worth of, you know, games where everything matters. So 
Finding a way to do this makes sense. A mid-season tournament to me isn't the answer. I don't think these guys would have cared for like a separate piece of hardware that more or less takes a backseat to the real piece of hardware. And clearly these guys care about getting into the eighth spot and playing really hard to drag your team to the eighth spot. And teams playing those teams, other than the Milwaukee Bucks, have a lot of pride on the line. Brooklyn Nets in a meaningless game for them, a whole meaningless like stretch for them, they still came out and took it to Portland. They didn't need to. That was fun. Like props to them for showing up and like respecting the game enough and the integrity of the game to go out and compete. They didn't need to. Like there was no point of that for them. And they could have just let the Blazers the waltz all over them and get in. And that wasn't the case. So putting stakes on this, they wanted to be the spoilers. You could kind of see it. Like Karis LeVert wanted that moment to be like knocking out Damian Lillard. Finding a way to bake this into the regular season is important. Maybe that means you shut the games down. I posted on Twitter yesterday a link over at Uproxx where basically it was just like you need almost like an an in-season relegation thing where after a certain point, if you're not in the playoffs, you're out. Or you're all battling for the final spot and like kind of record goes out the window, somewhat similar to what we saw here. This was a lot of fun in the NBA really, really needs this in the regular season because I think as we've seen, people kind of get, it becomes a slog towards the end. Guys are resting. It doesn't matter. But when you put some stakes on it, it really does matter. And this is some of the most fun basketball we've seen in a really, really long time. And I loved it. You probably loved it too. And the NBA needs to bring this back in some capacity for next season. All right, coming up, roster turnover. That was the line in The Athletic. It made me laugh. I'll tell you why it made me laugh coming up here in just a moment. All right, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only show here Monday through Friday for you all talking about the biggest topics you want to know about the team. Yeah, there's stuff to talk about every single day. We do it here on Locked On Pelicans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, The Athletic did a roundtable with David Aldridge, Sam Amick, Joe Vardon, and David Aldridge basically dropped a little bit of a line in there that I, I think people are overreading some of this stuff just based off the Twitter conversations I've seen in a couple texts from friends to, to me asking about certain things. They're, basically, the line was Lonzo Ball has ch- – multiple people have said Lonzo Ball checked out and the Pelicans are expected to have significant roster turnover. So to the first part, like maybe, I don't know. It's tough to read into body language with whether Lonzo Ball was checked out or not, or just did he have a bad stretch? Like we've seen him play that poorly before. I don't know if it was a checked out thing or not. If anyone seemed more checked out to me, it was Brandon Ingram. But again, it's really tough to know when you're not hearing from the players, seeing these players and reading into body language like that is a little bit dangerous. So I don't know about that. The, the second part is uh, with roster turnover, I'm kind of just like, duh. There was a lot of fool's gold with the Pelicans during the regular season, maybe making them look better than they actually were, and then kind of overhyping them going into the bubble, myself included with some of this. And then in the bubble, everything's kind of laid bare. Glaringly obvious issues with the team, as I've said, you can't ignore them. And in a way, it's a silver lining for New Orleans. But when you saw them in the bubble, like... Yeah, they're going to have more roster turnover. And if the front office wasn't falling for a lot of the fool's gold that we've seen, maybe they were, maybe they they weren't, we don't really know, then of course there's going to be roster turnover. They weren't going to let this kind of go on like this, right? Now, I don't think it matters at all anymore because of course you're going to turn this roster over to some degree. 
it looked really bad. You need to really look at the center position. You really need to get that established veteran backup point guard. And you probably need to get more of like an enforcer off the bench in some capacity, like someone who just adds some toughness other than Josh Hart to this roster. That's a significant amount of roster turnover, given that they don't really have a ton of cap space to kind of go get all of those things. And it might be done in piecemeal. But this is also a situation where I don't think the Pelicans were expecting to be competing for an NBA title in year two of Zion. So when you get Zion, of course, you're going to build this along a little bit slowly. You're not necessarily going to go the full on young vets plan that Dell Demps did. And you've got a number of young guys on this team. But as they kind of grow into being players that you want them to be and expect them to be, of course, you're going to have a ton of roster turnover. So this shouldn't necessarily be a surprise. I think some people are tying this in a little bit too much to the first line about Lonzo Ball and being like, oh, does this mean Lonzo's on the move? I'm not going to go that far yet. I don't think he's necessarily a long-term piece to this team, but a lot of people still have a lot of stock in Lonzo Ball and, and like smart NBA people too. So I don't know just yet, but I wouldn't read too much into kind of linking this stuff together. Like the, uh, reading all of this, it's just kind of like, yeah, duh to me. Lazo didn't look good. So it's easy to mention him in this and just be like, hey, he played poorly. Or you speak to someone and be like, man, he has definitely checked out because he isn't playing good basketball and he was before. And it's just kind of one of those things where you look at it and it's like, did you buy into this team before or not? And that's really the question. If you did, you look at this and are like, oh, these guys checked out and like, what's going on? But if you don't, if you didn't, like none of this should necessarily be a surprise. And that's, I think, something to kind of keep in mind with this. This is the start of the offseason. Also, if it was David Griffin saying that to uh, to David Aldridge, and look, it, it very well could have been. He does this sort of thing, to be perfectly honest with you all. What good does that do? It puts some pressure on Lonzo, sure. But, I mean, I don't think you need to kind of throw that on him through the media necessarily. Unless you, you kind of are playing a long game here. Or is maybe just someone who was sitting next to while watching a Pelicans game and be like, that dude looks like he's checked out. And maybe he's like, okay, cool. Someone in the NBA said this to me. I'm going to run with it because that's what you do. That's his job. So I don't know if you need to read too much into this stuff. It just kind of made me laugh. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're all reading way too much into everything here that went on. Given the team and what we saw, none of these two things are really surprising. Like, let of all uh, roster turnover with it all. So now that the Pelicans offseason has started officially, they'll be leaving the bubble today. We will get to focus on all of that stuff. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a fun offseason, a weird offseason too, and we've got a whole lot to talk about. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all on Monday. 